0: Welcome to Ship It, a podcast about ops, infrastructure, and change for the better. In our sixth Kaizen, we talk with Jared about all the things that we cleaned up after migrating changelog.com from managed Kubernetes to fly.io. We deleted the Kates cluster and moved wildcard cert management to Fastly and all our vanity domain certs to Fly. We also migrated the Docker engine that our GitHub Actions is using, PR416, has all the details. We did a few other things in preparation for our secrets plan. Thank you Michael Vlasman, James Haar, Adrian Mester, Omri Gabay, and Owen Valentine for kicking it off in our Slack Ship It channel. My favourite improvement, however, is the new shipit.show domain. As for our favourite CDN, it remains Fastly which continues to serve all our requests from all their edges with minimal latency. Check out what they can do for you at fastly.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by our friends at SourceGraph. They recently launched a new feature called Code Insights. Now you can track what really matters to you and your team in your code base. Transform your code into a queryable database to create customizable visual dashboards in seconds. Here's how engineering teams are using Code Insights. They can track migrations, adoption, and deprecation across the code base. They can detect and track versions of languages or packages. They can ensure the removal of security vulnerabilities like Log4J. They can understand code by team, track code smells and health, and visualize configurations and services. Here's what the engineering manager at Prezi has to say about this new feature. Quote, As we've grown, so has a need to better track and communicate our progress and our goals across the engineering team and the broader company. With Code Insights, our data and migration tracking is accurate across our entire code base, and our engineers and our managers can shift out of manual spreadsheets and spend more time working on code. End quote. The next step is to see how other teams are using this awesome feature. Head to about.sourcegraph.com slash code dash insights. This link will be in the show notes. Again, about.sourcegraph.com slash code dash insights.
2: We are going to shift in three, two, one.
0: Welcome, everyone, to Kaizen 6. It's slightly different this time, mm. and it's for you to decide whether it's better or worse in this format. <laughs> or or how much better. Or how much better, exactly. Just <laughs> me and this time, we're keeping it cozy. Even cozier than last time, Lars. Ooh. So Lars told us feedback in our Slack channel that episode 50 was a very cozy Kaizen. A nice conversation, collapsing into laughter, and lots of assorted of tech talk. So yes. I'm thinking... More enough to this time, because we don't have Sirius Adam, so we can go crazy. Right. There's other stuff. <laughs> He'll never try
2: to bring us back to center.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if we go off the rails, we will not recover from that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cozier. We're getting cozier. Lars, and uh, we blame you for getting cozier because you gave us the idea.
2: What's cozy mean exactly? Because I'm thinking like fireplace, bearskin rug, coffee. Getting
0: cozy, I think. I think. <laughs> I didn't ask him, but I think he may have been referring to that swordfish. See, <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that would, yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know. Lars, can you clarify for us, please, in the comments below, what do you mean yes. by cozy? But I think just like get
2: in closer, like
0: closer. You know, okay. not as close intimate. as swordfish.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But not that intimate. intimate. <laughs> okay. Right.
0: So uh, I want to start. I could hardly wait, like it's been a week since we had this, but I've been mentioning to everyone that my (laughs) favorite biggest improvement, (laughs) okay? I'm really, really excited about this. Yes. So we have our own vanity domain. And that domain is? Shipit.show.
2: Shipit.show.
0: I'll repeat that, (laughs) shipit.show, okay? So someone, especially like non-English speakers, they thought I said, <laughs> show, I didn't say that. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we did not say that. This was your concern from day one. Ship show. it is. It? Yeah. <laughs> Have we had any complaints about that particular aspect of the, of the show so far? This is probably probably nobody, across no. crossed nobody's mind until just now. And then they're like, oh man. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. we <laughs> Now may, they're going to hear that every time out. you say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so ship it.show. And yes. if, you, if you do shipitshow
2: sixty six zero, that will be this that's episode. That's this episode. And that's Bro. how nice is that? So cool. So let's talk about vanity domains writ large for a minute because like short URLs, right? Like they used to be cool. Remember dot tinyurl.com, like going way back, there was mm-hmm. a time when URL size mattered
0: mm-hmm.
2: and shorter was better. <laughs> yes, and for us, it's still true, but for most people, nobody cares anymore about that, right? I think it was probably because of Twitter. It used to be that your, your long URL inside of Twitter counted each character in the URL counted towards your character count. And we had 140 back then. What do we have? Yeah, we had 140 characters.
0: Yeah, then it, they went to 160, but you're right, the links were not expanding. They weren't like shortened. So that was Yeah, great. so
2: if you had a really long URL and you're trying to link to it, you couldn't even put any content into the tweet. And so like tinyurl.com, I think was the first one that I ever used. Mm-hmm. And then Bitly, Bitly became huge. Mm-hmm. And Bitly had a really cool feature where you could do, of course, bit.ly slash whatever. Yeah. But you could also sign up and get your own custom domain. Hmm. And that's where us nerds really started to nerd out. And like, what's the shortest, coolest? I tried so hard to get san.to for Tonga, because there is the .to domains. And somebody in Tonga owns it, and I have a recurring reminder to email them once a year and be like, hey, can I have it now? Because it still would be cool, right? San.to. That's a cool one. But yeah. nobody cares as much anymore because now Twitter has it built in. Pretty much every social media thing is building it in. Mm-hmm. And it just has not been all that necessary. But when you podcast and you're trying to point people to places audibly and you have to say, go to changelog.com slash ship it slash 60. It's so much cool to say, ship show slash 60. That's now, true. we held off on this one for a while because we are trying to get ship it.fm. Mm-hmm. Which
0: actually, you like this one better, don't you? I do. Because I like to think of this as a show. I
2: really right. do. Right. Yeah, for us, it was just consistency because we've used FM for everything else. So every one of our other podcasts had FM. And we spent, I guess it's been a year now trying to get it. And then also That's trying to right. get ship.it, yes. which we couldn't get either. But ship.it.show is cool.
0: I think so too. I think it's like a good third option, which was also available. And. That's what matters in this case. I mean, we're still yeah. open to getting shipit.fm See so if right. someone knows the person that has it, or if you're the person that, that, that has it, and you have a reasonable ask price-wise... Yeah, we got money, but not that much money. Exactly, yeah. We're not millionaires yet. When we will be, we can pay you more if you want, you know. Or, even better, if Shipit <laughs> makes many millions, we we, we don't mind. But uh, for now, let's just be reasonable. Um, Ship it. FM would be cool. Ship. It would also be cool, but it was a bit more complicated. Actually, Super we didn't get short. any replies. Yeah, we tried. Uh, we didn't get any replies. And now, ship it show. For me, the most important thing was when you announce those the new ship it episodes in the Slack. We don't unfurl the links, which means that it's just a link, and you don't know what it is. But if you yes. look at GoTime FM or JSParty right. FM or even Changelog FM, you see a preview of the episode. And I really miss those because it's so easy to miss when a new episode gets announced.
2: They are nice. And the reason why it all doesn't work without the vanity domain is because if we unfurled every changelog.com URL, it would be like the same thing over and over again. So we just permanently banned unfurls on changelog.com domain. But it's nice for the podcast episodes because they actually have a pretty nice unfurl, which shows mm-hmm. you the album art. It shows you what's going you know, the title and the, the description. But those are unbanned on vanity domains and ship it for the first 57 episodes. I don't know, 58. Mm-hmm. I can't remember yeah. when we turned it on. Did not have that. And Gerard, it was just eating you alive, man. It was just eating it was, you alive. Yeah. I really wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, surely this guy's a, nope.
0: Not disguised. It's not Christmas yet. No, not (laughs) disguised.
2: So maybe talk very briefly about how these things work, because it sounds like there's a problem. I think I know what the problem is. You put in our notes, there's a something went wrong page. If you go to shippa.show slash 61, for example, once this one goes live, it's because there's no content there.
0: Yeah. The same thing happens for every episode.
2: Every 404, I think, actually.
0: And maybe every 404, you're
2: right. Yeah so i was digging into that a little bit it's like we're we're serving the 404 Mm -hmm. like header response but for some reason we're like not serving the content correctly like the actual template Mm -hmm. and so that's in the app i thought it maybe was like a way that fastly was not doing it right but i took fastly out of the equation and it still happens Mm -hmm. so i think there's just something that it used to work i don't know what somewhere along the line the way we serve the 404 html just doesn't like tries to download as a like maybe the, con- the MIME type is wrong. I don't know. I have to look into it. But yeah. that's really what it is. It's not the vanity domain that's a problem. It's not Fly. It's not Fastly. It's just like the app serves the 404 but can't serve the content for a 404. So it just like tells you something went wrong.
0: I always saw that was an improvement that we were waiting someone from the community to do. It wasn't really an Easter egg. I mean, we knew about it for a while. At least I knew for at least ab- at least one year. I've seen it before. Yeah. But I always saw that like, someone will pick up on it and will want to improve it. It's a great small improvement. It hasn't happened. Right. At right. what point do we improve it ourselves?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or put a bug bounty out there or
0: something. Yeah. I mean, November is still far away, but that would be, I think, a nice one for
2: November. Oh, you mean for Hacktoberfest?
0: Yeah. That's oh, October. October. <laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking November. No, I'm thinking, no, mustache. No, no, no. <laughs> no mustache. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah no bounties for mustaches but yeah maybe we could put something out there i mean honestly it's probably a 15 minute fix once i actually go into it i just haven't mm-hmm. i've known about it for a while as well i just can't be bothered sometimes i'm like so it's a 404 like you're not on a page that exists i, I would mm-hmm. much rather have a nice thing there but now that it's on kaizen i'll probably fix it darn it yeah kaizen, kaizen, yeah, I like kaizen, kaizen 70. <laughs> I really Dang like it, that. Add it to the list <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's how i do most of my development yeah Kaisen driven. I, I
0: I love that. <laughs> Me too. I try to as much as I can. So ship it.show forward slash fifty does work because it's already out. So that was the previous Kaisen.
2: There's a lot of cool I, I I pasted you a link. I mean we can link into the code base where it does this as well. The way that vanity redirector works, there's a bunch oh. of other cool little URLs you can use. Ah, yes. That's so good. like ship it.show slash apple will get you to the Apple podcast URL, which is much longer. So this is like a, a classic shortener mm-hmm. slash Spotify slash Android slash merch. If you want to get to our merch shop, these are just nice ways to just have it in your mind when you're like talking to a friend and you're like, how do you listen on Apple? Yeah. Ship itshow dot show slash Apple will get you to the right spot. And you don't have to know mm-hmm. that. So we have like 10 or 15 of those, which are pretty cool. I think I use them quite often. And we link to them like on YouTube and in our Twitter pinned mm-hmm. tweets and stuff. Just clean.
0: One URL, which reminded me of something that one of our listeners gave feedback on, is shipit.show forward slash request, mm. which people can use to request an episode or propose an episode. It works the same way. So this was, and I'm trying to find it, Leo R. Lundgren. Okay. He said, why on earth would I possibly want to create a changelog.com account just to send you guys a little tip, pointer suggestion for an episode. There's simply no point in not letting people to come up with suggestions easily without having to go through hoops for it. Mm. So what do we think about that?
2: Well, I would have have two responses. The first one is to Leo, how did you submit this feedback? An email. So just write your suggestion into that email. Like, I'm being spicy a little bit, but my point is there's ways to reach us. You can tweet at us, you can email us, you can be in Mm. our Slack. We are very open to communication. This is an official channel and we get tons and tons of these requests. I mean, hundreds. Mm-hmm. And so while it's a little bit of a pain on your end to sign up and do the submission form, that's kind of on purpose to mm-hmm. like just put a little bit of a barrier between us and requests, just because we Pop get so many. How you want, Leo?
0: Shown it badly, you'll create an account. Okay, so again, still spicy. I'm c- continuing down the same alley but let's uh, try a different one. From my perspective as a show host, Mm -hmm. I really like when I see those requests in the admin area because it allows me to, when I basically create a new episode, I can use the request that you created to generate the episode and that helps me. The other thing that helps me, and I think it basically helps you, the ones that request the episode, is you'll get notified when the episode goes out. I'm not sure whether we notify when when the status changes for a request.
2: Not automatically. So you can decline a request and send a message. There's like multiple ways. You can decline it silently. You can decline it with a message and let them know this didn't work out, here's why. You can Mm -hmm. also fail it with a message and that's like handwritten. So it's like basically a markdown based email that we send out that says this one didn't work out. We tried to make it. I just sent one of those today actually. Mm -hmm. We had a request from two years ago. I was working on it. I had a yes, we had a reschedule et cetera, et cetera. Life came up, pandemic hit, it fell by the wayside. And I finally failed it today with a message. It was like, look, we worked really hard on this. I want to do the show. It's just not working out maybe another time. And we can send that message back. But when you set it to accepted or you set it to scheduled and stuff, we don't want to Mm -hmm. send people a bunch of emails. Plus it still might fall apart. So the only thing we send is if you tell them, I want to send a message or when the show does go live, we automatically send an email at that point. So in summary, Leo, if you want a quick suggestion, you can do it via Twitter, yeah,
0: shipitfm, changelog, Gerhard Lazu, all work equally well. You can also send an email as you have, which is Gerhard at changelog.com. I always read those or any other email that is out there for me. I mean, it will still get to me. And if you go via the website and if you do create an account, it helps us to keep track of those. It helps us to basically manage them better. And then you will get notification when the episode goes live, when the episode goes out as a request episode. Mm -hmm. So I I like to see those like nice requested tags on them. I find that helpful. And the last one which we had, and it just shows how well I remember it. It was the Docker swarm request. I forget who exactly requested it. I forgot the name, but
2: it's very easy to go and see see that. Mm
0: -hmm. But that's the last one that was requested. And it's just a nice flow.
2: Yeah, it's really nice. And sometimes people will email in like for the changelog specifically and have an idea. And I'll actually Mm -hmm. say, this is a good idea. Can you go open up a request on the website? Because that way it actually sits in our queue of ideas right there in the admin with everything else. It just has a much higher likelihood of becoming real Mm -hmm. versus on Twitter or versus in email. But those are still avenues for starting a conversation. So Leo, you don't have to create an account. You can try those other ways. But that's there for reasons, both for our workflow and also just as a little bit of a bump in the road for people who would spam us otherwise. If it was just completely open, we would get hundreds a day versus now we're getting hundreds a month. Cool, so now that we addressed
0: that, and I'm happy how we addressed it, thank you, Jared, we can go back to talking about episode 50 and what other topics did we cover since episode 50. Okay. For me, the big ones were episode 51, shipitshow fifty-one you already know how this works, with Mark Erickson, where we talked about the clustering part and the multi-region PostgreSQL integration, which I was convinced I will do by episode 60, and it hasn't happened. It just yeah, it shows reality versus plan. And this is yeah. normal. We did other things which are more important, and we'll get to them in a minute, but that's the one thing which we talked about I didn't have time to action on. Anything that you want to mention about episode 51, Jared? Anything? First of all, did you listen to it? <laughs> it I did. Just, I know
2: that you, yeah, okay. I listened to most of them. I haven't listened to 59 yet, uh, which you're going to talk about next. I listened to 51. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the biggest surprise to me during that one is that the Postgres is not really managed like you mm. kind of thought it was. Yep. It seems not, I wouldn't want to call it an afterthought, but it's kind of like it was a good idea of like, well, we have these runtimes and it's just this version of one. It's just a Postgres. It's just like anything else. You have an app container. What do they call them? Containers, runtimes, pods? I think it's like an application. I mean, yeah, okay, the, the, the application in like the
0: fly context, there, there's a special one like PostgreSQL SQL where you can create a cluster and the right. fly CTL, the fly CLI. It's slightly more integrated. You can scale them better. You you have visibility into uh backups, things like that.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like uh it's like any other fly app but with special privileges, like. Correct. special benefits right. and we were thinking more of it. it was like this is our postgres service that we're going to manage for you yeah. and there are some management that's going on but it was less formal and maybe a little bit less than i was expecting and, and kind of hoping Same for here. yeah so that's what i remember from that episode mm-hmm. uh, and then i remember you giving an ode to erlang at the end which i very much enjoyed yeah i remember that coming out like as a special i i've seen it that's how i
0: yeah. know Let's listen clip. to parts of it because there's <laughs> a, a clip <laughs> coming up here on Twitter. Right. And I know that that's something that resonated with Jared and he thought it was good enough to share. That's how that works. So related, again, this is the episode which hasn't come out yet as we record this. That is episode 59 with right. Ben Johnson.
2: Very much looking forward to that, by the way. ooh, that was a good one. Yeah.
0: Sequelite instead of Postgres Sequel.
2: That was a great one. I guess by the time people are listening to this, they've heard it, but I haven't heard it. So you can't really tease it for them. They're like past tense and I haven't heard it yet. So I don't know, just move on. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. Move on. Okay, just moving it, on. You know? Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> you know fair enough. Generating some interest for you. You
0: know, like trying to say like prepare you for it when it comes out because I thought I thought that was very good. But mm-hmm. it's it's more like future looking. Again, I don't want to spoil the fun for everyone, but it's more future looking for us and it's also like some important things that we would require in fly in the context of fly for us to be able to use it which is coming but it's not there yet so that's great we know that we are riding we're about to ride a wave which hasn't even appeared my favorite yes. thing so yeah we can move on <laughs>
1: This episode is brought to you by LaunchDarkly. Fundamentally change how you deliver software, innovate faster, deploy fearlessly, and take control of your software so you can ship value to customers faster and get feedback sooner. LaunchDarkly is built for developers but empowers the entire organization. Get started for free and get a demo at LaunchDarkly.com. Again, LaunchDarkly.com.
0: Speaking of moving on, one thing that we definitely move from is our LKE, our managed Kubernetes, because 30 days after the migration, I deleted, I would say everything. I definitely deleted the deployment and everything that mm. we were running on it. And one thing which I want to mention is the importance of keeping things around just in case. Yeah. So the reason why we haven't deleted it just then or shortly after is if there is a problem and we need to go back, I wanted us, I wanted to make sure that we have something to go back to. So I'm thinking of it as a very long blue-green thing months. In our case, I think it was like two months. Hmm. So if within two months we realize that this plan is not working as we think it is, reality versus plan, we always have the option of going back or stopping. Stopping, you know, the plan depending on where we are. So a month before, as we were standing up fly, we were still like running on the old one, still running on the LKE, which was the current production. And after we went to Fly, we always had the option of going back. And that was like a very deliberate choice. Luckily, we didn't have to use it. But it's one way to make sure that you always have something to fall back on. And I keep mentioning my love for running two things, at least two things. And this is what it looks like in practice.
2: So how did you pick 30 days or 60 days? Because for me, always the question is like, how long do I end up running this? And then I turn into a hoarder and it's like six years later and I got all these services that I haven't been using for a long time, but I'm still running them just in case. For me, it's the Kaizens, the Kaizen driven. Okay. I got <laughs> <So> reminded,
0: you... <laughs> yeah,
2: as always. that's why like,
0: like the recurring the recurrent theme is really powerful in a lot of things that I do. And the reason why I have these Kaizens is because they force us to do certain things.
2: So what do you say to somebody who doesn't have a cadence? Like they're not gonna record a podcast one, once every 10 weeks. True. To Kaizen. How do they do it? They can't count on it. Every time we do a Kaizen.
0: it's recorded every 10 yeah, weeks. Yeah, everybody needs every, a podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, a podcast solution. is the solution. So,
0: to be honest, I would set myself a reminder, whatever that looks like for you. So remind yourself to do something in the future whatever app you use, whatever system you use, you know, set yourself a reminder to do something.
2: Even if that reminder is simply to reevaluate, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to delete it, right? But you're going to like, okay, after 30 days, I'm going to have this thought. Maybe it takes 30 seconds. Maybe it takes a half an hour to actually go ahead and execute on it. But remind yourself to think about it later. Is it time to delete this now? Or do I leave it? Do we want to keep it there for another 30? It's usually pretty easy to decision to make at the time. What's hard to make is like, looking forward six months from now, et cetera.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think people kind of know like when it's been long enough. So for some, it may be seven days. For others, it may be a month. Others still may need more, like longer period. And that's okay. All those options are valid. In our case, it was arbitrary. I have to say 30 days just so happened. It was roughly 30 days. Maybe it would have been 31, 32. I can't remember exactly
2: the time. Sure, But
0: there is a transition period which starts whenever the new idea starts, and you still have to run your old system or your current system until you're migrated onto the new one. But when you've migrated, your work isn't finished. The migration is done in that you're running on the new system, right? but the old system is still around because you want to give yourself a plan B if things go south, and it has happened for us. I mean, I'm not going to go into the details, but episode 50, we were delayed by a week, I think, or mm-hmm. two weeks, something like that. So. In my case, I kept it around just in case we may need to go back, just in case we discovered something that we didn't know until we switched across. And for me, after 30 days, it was just a reminder, and because I was thinking about the Kaizen and like what to do next. And this is actually linked to our TLS certs. So we had cert manager running in LKE, and Cert Manager was syncing, actually, first of all, renewing the certificate for the wildcard the one for changelog.com. But also uh, we had, I want to say the job. It was actually the uh, Was it the job, yes, it was the job, which was keeping it in sync with Fastly. Mm. So I knew that I had to migrate the certificate somewhere. And what I did, I just delegated uh, the management to Fastly for the wildcard changelog.com certificate. There's a limitation in that only one provider can manage the wildcard certificate, because in DNS you end up creating Cname records and you can't have mm-hmm. multiple. it can only have one. so there's there's that limit. We would have preferred text records, but there you go. it's just a limitation of how that's implemented. So we cannot use cert manager or certbot and fastly. We could only have one. So in our case we had cert manager because we were managing all our certificates in um, um, in LKE using cert manager right. for all the vanity domains. But when we migrated to fly, the easiest thing, was to let Fly manage the certificates for the vanity domains. So ship it show, for example, to configure it was super easy, really, really easy. And the wildcard ones, I can't remember why we don't do it. Oh, yes. Because you have to upload with, it, right? With Fly. Exactly, because something needs to upload it. So then we have to manage that.
2: Fastly has to have it and Fly exactly. has to have it if it's going to be managed by Fly. Yep. Whereas if Fastly just manages it, Fly doesn't care about it for the application to run. Exactly. So we have star.changeable.com is on Fastly and everything else we do, which is mostly the vanity domains, is on fly in terms of DNS, or not in terms of DNS, in terms of certs. Yeah, correct. That's not too bad. I mean, it's not like super clean, but it's not super dirty either.
0: The thing which we're missing more is documenting that, like to basically capture that. And this goes back to episode 44. Kelsey, Kelsey would be so
2: upset with you. <laughs> I know the documentation. He would be. I'm sorry, Kelsey.
0: I'm still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show you my list. I know that you wouldn't care, but it's it's there, trust me.
2: <laughs> Here's a workaround. All these Kaizen episodes, you know we transcribe the entire conversation. Mm-hmm. So, in in a way, you just documented it right now true that's true but it spread <laughs> so, across like 40 different sorry well you like didn't say the documentation episodes. needed to be good He just said you gotta document it right that's true that's true so we're, we're working yeah. on it yeah you're right just you're speak right. it out loud and it documents itself it's self-documenting podcasts i like
0: that so i just need to record myself waffling for like two hours and then you have all of it so once all again the solution
2: works. is everybody needs a podcast you know their documentation needs would be taken care of
0: we just keep coming back i mean only if we didn't if we didn't own a podcast and a podcast network <laughs> right yeah and and you need to run that podcast on our infrastructure that's the other requirement
2: that's right so you talked about having two things hanging around and how long it's going to stay that way and i mm-hmm. do tend to be the cut it off too early type more so and i have regretted that in the past but i'm somewhat of a purger i like to purge i don't like things that infinitely grow such as blockchains no. okay. and twitter.com, because <laughs> the tweets just keep coming, like you're never gonna get to the end, it's just- What about podcast episodes? Do you like those to keep growing? <laughs> <laughs> no, they need to stop at some point.
0: Where do we reset the ship it number? All right.
2: <laughs> With some exceptions, this is what- Yes, I'm. yes. Yeah, podcasts should just always keep going. You have two directories, 2021, 2022, and there's like a 2022.fly. Yes. And then there's like others oh, junk going on,
1: <laughs> and <laughs> I totally just wonder. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> one man's one man's treasure; it's another man's trash. Or I can't remember how that saying goes. But for me, the only reason why this bugs me is because. I need to like copy the fly.toml into the root directory unless I want to have like another Tmux mm. session in the subdirectory. And I don't. I don't want another Tmux session. So I'm wondering why we need to have those years anymore. I feel like we're kind of beyond that. I'm just curious. When is that whole thing going to get cleaned up? I see. OK. <laughs> That's a great question, Jared. <laughs> I'm so glad that you joined this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very cozy in here. It's getting very cozy. <laughs> right. So yeah, because we're talking about junk, so you have to, right? There's no way to <laughs> talk about it without getting cozy. Oh my, <laughs> right. So <laughs> where's where, yeah, where Adam? Did we back need on. On this one. Yeah, <laughs> I think Adam is talking out loud, and he doesn't realize he's not part of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> as he's listening to this. Oh, it's getting hot. <laughs> it's right. getting hot in here. So 2021, there's one thing that we still need there. So while I did delete the infrastructure, the directory is still there, how we did the config. I just found myself referencing something for James Haar. So James Haar was following up on episode 58, the one where we talk about how to keep a secret with Rosemary and Rob, the Vault episode. Mm-hmm. And I gave him an example in the t- 2021 directory of how we integrate LastPass, secrets in LastPass with Kubernetes or how he how used to do that. So it was helpful for that reference. But I could have done it in a number of ways. I didn't have to keep it around. So, in the twenty twenty one directory, the most important thing is actually our CI integration. So we're running Dagger, that runs locally. Mm -hmm. It also runs in GitHub Actions. And if you remember, we did that to migrate from Circle CI. Right. That was episode thirty three. So that's when that happened. So the only config that we have is the Dagger config, which describes everything that needs to happen in our CI. That config is pinned to Dagger version 0.1.0. Since Mm -hmm. Dagger 0.2.0 came out, and that changes a couple of things. I didn't have time to rewrite the config from 0.1 to 0.2. I should have, but there were other things which kept trumping it. Mm -hmm. So that's the most important thing that would need to move from 2021 from that directory. 2022 was for the new Kubernetes cluster, which as you remember, that's the one that we had around when we did the migration. Right. We thought we'd go to fly. We couldn't go to fly. Episode 50 has all the details. We end up on this new 2022 Kubernetes cluster. So we could delete that directory. We don't need it anymore. But what we do need is the 2022 fly. And that directory contains all the config for the fly setup. The reason why I use the year because if you remember, every year we used to upgrade those. We used to go yes. to another legacy. Version. It's legacy, exactly.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And Then
0: we eventually would use to delete them. So I think that we will be able to delete the 2021 as soon as I migrate Dagger. Dagger. By the way, 2022 Fly is already using the new Dagger, and I tried to configure it to use with Fly. But as I was doing the migration to Fly, I realized that there's quite a few things I need to figure out, and I had to. Separate the work that I had to do that I had to do on Dagger versus the work that I had to do for this migration. So at some point I said, okay, what's more, what's more important? So I uh-huh. refocused all my energy and effort on the migration, and I left the Dagger integration with Fly secondary. So the Dagger in the 2022 Fly is already at 0.2. So what well, that means is that two are incompatible. So until that migration happens, I can't change it. Another thing which happened in the 2022 fly directory, I've added the Docker engine integration. So this is a nice segue into pull request 416, where I explain why we had to deploy and use a a Docker engine on fly.io.
2: So this is the one where we had us connecting to a tail scale that you were running in your house or in some... Exactly. It's right there yes and we have so right fanless
0: <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll put a picture i have a fanless NixOS bare metal server there's no Fancy. fans not even in the psu i mean i'm no waiting fans. to do an episode on that yeah no fans is whatsoever. there a heat
2: sink on the cpu or yes or
0: is that? <laughs> yeah heat i thought you were going super not no cooling no cooling. knock to a psu although that's actually what makes me hot in this room <laughs>
2: Here, <laughs> I thought it was all of our cozy
0: yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that fanless server. So, anyways, anyways, so it was connecting via tailscale to that host. The problem with tailscale is that when you generate an auth key for the GitHub Actions runners, the maximum TTL is 90 days.
2: Oh, yeah, this one bit me. I was trying to deploy some a stuff. A couple of times. Gone. Yeah. Tell us. About and I had to go, Gerhard. Well, I'll tell you what happened. It wouldn't deploy because Tailscale couldn't log in or something or couldn't connect. I don't know. It would always get failed. It would fail on the Tailscale and it would, you would see an S, some sort of either TLS or SSL or who knows, some sort of yeah. error right there. And I said, Gerhard, I know this is running your house. Help me. <laughs> yeah, fix it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, fix it.
0: That was a problem. That I'm coming problem. over. Yeah. So, that was that thing. If I knew that you were coming over, I wouldn't have fixed it before <laughs> <to> you <laughs> come over. <laughs> Not that you would have known how to fix it, by the way, because there are two other issues. So let me tell oh, you about okay. the yeah. other two issues.
2: Oh, okay, there's two others.
0: So, so there is a Docker engine running on that host. It's a bare metal host, so very yeah. beefy, very fast. It has an amazing SSD, an NVMe one, NVMe Samsung 980, super, mm. super fast. 64 gigs of DDR4, and Ryzen 3 16 cores, I think, or or 12 cores, I can't remember, one or the other. Anyways, so it's really fast. The reason why we do that is because right now, and this is something which we're fixing in Dagger, the caching doesn't work for volumes. Out of the box, it doesn't work. What that means is that in our application, we compile a lot of dependencies in our Phoenix application. Mm -hmm. So to compile those dependencies, if you don't have a cache so that you can mount all the compiled ones, it would take five minutes easy, maybe Mm -hmm. even more, because you know the GitHub runners, they only have two CPUs by default, so they're really not not that beefy. So you want a Docker engine that is persistent across runs. When you start mounting volumes in GitHub Actions, if you've done it, you will notice there's all, all sorts of issues every now and then. So your CI isn't as stable and reliable because GitHub Actions are meant to be the runners, they're meant to be ephemeral. Mm-hmm. And if you have state, to re- to recreate that state, to get it back from the cache, to restore it, it can be slow, sometimes things fail because it's a distributed system and sometimes it fails, and then your CI becomes less reliable. So the best thing to do is to have somewhere a runner that you can trust, which is not ephemeral. Mm-hmm. It will only work for your CI. And in this case, it's not the runner, it's actually Docker engine, the Docker engine itself. But this Docker engine is running in Fly as a Fly application. Thank you, Kurt, for the starter. I even mentioned it in ball request 416. So in our 2021 Fly directory, we have the config that we use to deploy the Docker engine on Fly. So now, whenever GitHub Actions runs using Dagger, it connects to this Fly engine sorry, to this Docker engine running on Fly. So you get the caching, you get the volume, you get all that stuff. So it's just as fast. The difference is that it's using WireGuard to connect to your Fly app. And by the way, if you're looking at the WireGuard GitHub Action in the marketplace, that one didn't work for me. So I had to basically follow the FlyIO instructions on how to connect the GitHub Actions runner to the Docker engine, which is running on Fly. And that worked. And we are using that for our app So you can see that. I can
2: see that. looks like we have a, a dedicated CPU 4X with 50 gigabytes of storage running there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's for the caching and everything. And there's something really cool. There's this really cool, again, we are mentioning all these things because I'm excited about them and I haven't tried it out yet, but I can hardly wait to try it out. So Fly introduced machines, which can spin up in milliseconds. So imagine VMs that start really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So if we think about our Docker engine, the one that's there for the CI, we're using it less than 1% of the time. So 99% of the time it's running, it's using those it's for no reason. Course,
2: for no reason, exactly. Should we set up a SETI at home or? We could do, or a Bitcoin <laughs> miner. <laughs> we could do. We could, it's there, we're paying right. for it.
0: But oh. you know, I mean, to be honest, the reason why this is exciting is because we can spin up on demand that we can have maybe more than four CPUs. We only chose four right. CPUs. Because, because of the it cost, totally. it, it it just hits like the balance nice. But if we could use 60 CPUs on demand, that would be a lot better. And with fly machines we can because they spin up so quickly. You don't you don't wait minutes for it to come up.
2: Like really? Like really that quickly? What about the disk? Is it like connected? Like you just connect it to some sort of
0: There's an article, there's a blog article that says 250 milliseconds. If it takes more than that, I think we should complain to Kurt. <laughs> that's I what think I think so we too. should do. <laughs> okay, go cool. Again, I haven't tried it out, uh, but I really do want to. I think that's like an improvement to make on this. The first improvement was to move it off my server because as you, as I mentioned, the tail scale key would time would expire. I would need to manually renew it. Yeah. There was the other issue because I'm using it for my development. It's it's Linux based, so it's uh, NixOS. So when I'm running like my development version of the Dagger CLI, that may need a Wait, are you newer... telling me this
2: is your dev box? Yes. <laughs> <It doubles up laughs> your as my dev, dev box, box was part of our critical infrastructure for months. Well, well, critical. Uh. I mean, if it
0: doesn't work for me, it's more important. Like, you know, it's something that basically I use it often- so by DevBox, it's actually three hosts, okay? Uh, I, have, I have an <laughs> iMac Pro, <laughs> so it
2: depends on, on the day. <laughs> so you moved on from have two of everything. You would have three of these. Three of these, exactly. I have a yeah, Mac three is better than one two. Macs
0: and like the Nixon. exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's running a bunch of other things. The point being that sometimes when I would develop, uh, so I don't run Docker on, on, on my Mac. Too slow. Yeah that's basically it the tldr is too (laughs) slow. that's why
2: i didn't do it yeah
0: yeah i know and even now it's it's still too slow especially networking anyways really weird because of how it works uh, with a virtualization on on mac os so Mm -hmm. docker and linux all the way but not not anywhere else i didn't even try it on windows so but i imagine it's just just as bad if not worse anyways so because dagger manages its own build kit i was constantly upgrading the build kit that Dagger 0.1 was using to the latest version as I was developing Dagger. And whenever the CI would run, it would downgrade it and I would upgrade it. and It was like this like constant battle <laughs> of, well, which version should you run? Okay, oh, you can gosh. configure it. You can specify like a new thing. I haven't. That was the other thing which bit me. But again, uh, the fix was so quick that by the time you realized it was an issue, I already fixed it. And because right. I was Using So again, it's an issue that was happening, but you weren't aware of it because I would always fix it.
2: Now, are we still vendoring Dagger in our source code? We're not vendoring Dagger as the packages. It's Dagger packages specific the Dagger packages. The Dagger packages. Is that common practice? Or is that because we're on edge or you know bleeding?
0: We haven't basically figured this problem out yet in Dagger, but right now, any packages, any Dagger package that you use, you're supposed to basically link them to the Dagger version, the Dagger CLI version, and you do that by running Dagger project update. And then anything that you're running locally, so it doesn't have like a package management like Go or Python or some other language.
2: Isn't this built in Go? Dagger is built in Go, yes. Can't you just universal binary that thing? I guess there's too many packages. You wouldn't want to throw them all in there.
0: So how about we put a pin in this? <laughs> because <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't want to use the rest of our time to talk about this. It's something we okay. I'm very passionate about. <laughs> and this is where I'm stopping myself, okay, to go too far. <laughs>
2: I'll stop prodding.
0: So yeah, so there was, there was the build kit issue. And the other issue, and this is something that uh, was hitting, this was like the most recent issue, where I had a PostgreSQL container binding on the same port, on the same TCP port, and then the changelog test PostgreSQL container was failing to start. So while mm. BuildKit was okay, the tailscale key was okay, there was a collision on the TCP port. So CI couldn't run. And that's that. That was like basically the last thing for me, like the, the straw that broke Gerhard's mind. He said, "Table flip, I'm fixing this." So that's why I fixed the Docker engine. I migrated once and to Fly. for all. I hope so.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> for now, and for yeah, a few for, people.
0: Yeah, for now, at least for the next two and a half months, this is okay.
2: Well, while it's on my mind and we're in this kind of headspace, I want to say one more thing. I'm excited about with Fly, is that I was able to via fly proxy just proxy the postgres connection we talked about that how we're doing backups which i don't Mm -hmm. think is i mean they're doing them as well we just don't have much visibility into that but if you want an ad hoc backup you just connect with fly proxy and you connect to psql directly Mm -hmm. that feels a little weird to me but what's great about that is now I can actually just use it like it's my database. I don't do that when I'm developing. Don't do but that. Every once <laughs> a, no, I don't do it. Don't do that. But I could. Okay. <laughs> you could, but The don't. possibility is there, and it, it's tantalizing. <laughs> uh, but what I can do is I can connect Postico, which is my favorite little Postgres mm-hmm. UI, query UI, directly to production. Because every once in a while, you just got to munge a little bit of data and fix a thing. Yeah and with kubernetes i could never get through whatever layers there were in order to get yep. that done and, yep, and yep. i think the option was like let's not expose it publicly to the world but this is just all set up and working yeah and so i just proxy that sucker connect post Code to production i have this big red background versus green to know okay hey, be careful you're in production <laughs> but i can just oh, run arbitrary me. queries against our production database
0: okay so before and that's a do best that, practice isn't it we need to take you through a certification <laughs> program <laughs> Which will be, <laughs> I develop in production. That's the end result.
2: <laughs> yeah, there should you be a be, cert for that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, A+, plus isn't that what A+, plus gets you?
0: <laughs> I fly planes, for real.
2: I don't just work. You should fly. have like a two-button <laughs> commit on that thing, you know, where like you and I had to both hit the button at the same time to run the query that, that was
0: adam's fun. idea i still remember it from deleting dns records remember oh that that's was he said. that's yeah. right
2: let's bring it back you're for... still here you're still here yep. you're still here <laughs> here in spirit okay so i just wanted to get that in there while i, I was thinking of it because you were talking about connecting that things was a good to different one. places yeah okay so we have pull request 416. obviously there's additional stuff to do there eventually but good to go uh, specifically we would like to spin it up and spin it down on demand if that works. It'd be sweet.
0: That's right. Using fly machines. That's right. Yeah, it's fly machines. Cool. But the thing that I want to go back to is the improvement which I mentioned in episode fifty. Okay. And I think you realized why we can't run more than one instance of the changelog app. Oh, the and cluster. right now, is, it's that like lack of clustering. So looking at the fly blog, how to sorry the fly docs. How to integrate that looks really, really simple, but I haven't done it yet. So I would really want to do that. I mentioned two and a half months ago, I'll do it. Maybe now I'll do it, I I don't know, we'll see. It's summer, lots of holidays coming up, but still I (laughs) would like to do that.
2: Yeah, that's something I think also I could maybe take a crack at, but I also have other things which I'm working on Mm -hmm. in the application space that are probably higher priority than that, which we'd love to have ready for episode 70, which we haven't teased at all yet, but maybe now we take an opportunity to say we are working We are working with our friend, Lars Vickman, on chapter support for our podcast Mm. episodes and it's in progress. No promises. We would love to have it by 70. And if we do have it by 70, we'll talk through all the details, hopefully get Lars on the show and make a big deal out of it. But that's what I've been focusing my efforts on. Probably won't get around to this, but I think it is. I I read Mm. that doc and I was like, I could probably do this as well in the app to get clustering set up. So it does look pretty straightforward. I think it'd be a good step for us to do.
0: Oh yes.
1: This episode is brought to you by our friends at Retool. Retool helps teams focus on product development and customer value, not building and maintaining internal tools. It's a low code platform built specifically for developers, no more UI libraries, no more hacking together data sources. And no more worrying about access controls. Start shipping internal apps that move your business forward in minutes with basically zero uptime, reliability, or maintenance burden on your team. Some of the best teams out there trust Retool, Brex, Coinbase, Plaid, Doordash, Legal Genius, Amazon, Allbirds, Peloton, and so many more. So the developers at these teams trust Retool as their platform to build their internal tools, and that means you can too. It's free to try. So head to retool.com slash changelog. Again, retool.com slash changelog. And by our friends at Acuity, a new platform that brings fully managed Argo CD and enterprise services to the cloud or on-premise. And I'm here with two of the co-founders from Acuity, Jesse Suen and Alexander Senchev So the Acuity platform is in beta right now. You guys have some big ideas you're executing on around Argo CD, managed Argo CD, Kubernetes native application delivery, and the power of GitOps. Help me understand the what and the why of what you're doing right now. So we started Acuity because we saw what was happening in the Kubernetes community,
0: the challenges that people were facing about developer experience. And having run Argo CD for Intuit for a couple of years, we knew it took like a small team to build this and scale it and provide a performant solution for the developers. And so at Acuity in the Acuity platform, what we're trying to do is, the first thing we're trying to do is actually provide Argo CD as a fully managed solution to our users.
2: But that is
0: just actually the start of things. And we actually want to take the next steps on improving the whole GitOps and developer experience and providing new tools and
2: ecosystems around Argo and the Argo project. Yeah, that's right, JC. So Argo CD is just the beginning. But every company eventually needs way more tools integrated into the DevOps platform. And that's what we're hoping to deliver with Acuity platform. So
0: we're hoping to provide a great user interface that enable developers to achieve what they
2: need in a matter of just a few clicks. But we also want to make Argo CD enterprise ready. What that means is our customers would get audits and insightful analytics out of the box without configuring anything. That's what we did into it, and we learned that it was not so easy to do. And that's what we're hoping to solve for multiple organizations.
1: Very cool. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Alex. Again, listeners, this is a closed beta. Check it out, acuity.io slash changelog. Head there and see what this platform is all about. Again, acuity.io slash changelog. Links are in the show notes.
0: just to continue with a, with a teasing theme, mm-hmm. episode 61, when it comes out, which is right after this one, we are talking to John and Jason from Transistor FM. okay. And I mentioned this to them and they were excited to find out more. Now, we're running cool. Ruby on Rails, we're running Elixir mm-hmm. in the context of this uh, library, but they were curious to see how we do it. And what, because they use FFmpeg extensively for other purposes, Mm-hmm. I was saying that they we're using FFmpeg today just for that.
2: So they would also have to ditch FFmpeg.
0: I think the bigger problem would be Ruby and Rails.
2: I would expect there to already be tooling in Ruby for this. It would just be you know, slow in memory, consumptive. Is consumptive a word? I would yeah. expect there to be some tools for this in Ruby land. Memory hungry. I mean, not Ruby in general, but at this particular style task, I think it might be. Because these are large files that you're reading into memory and modifying oh. I don't know, Lars can speak better to it, but now we're getting too far into the weeds on it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Big fan of Transistor and excited for that episode. And yeah, hopefully what we do can at least be looked at by them and integrated. Cause we are gonna be editing our chapters in the CMS mm. and having it syndicated into the MP3 files and into the podcast feeds themselves. Cause the new podcasting spec has chapters built into it. Sweet. And so you don't have to put them in your MP3, you can put them in your feed and so we're going to do both. And then we can also have them on the website on the episode page as well for easy clicking around too. So we're going to, that's the coolest part about it. But anyways, now I'm, now I'm, I'm revealing too much. Yeah, no, no, that, that's all cool stuff.
0: I mean, all, all that's coming. I think we touched up on it in one of the Kaizens before where we talked about- Why we don't- Might have been 40. Yeah. Exactly. Where we talked about block storage and local volumes. And this came up in the context of some of the issues that you had to overcome to migrate from a local volume to object storage, to S3 for assets, for MP3s.
2: Yep, and now everything's out of the way and we are getting the one last Mm -hmm. thing blocking us from good chapter support. We're getting that taken care of and then we will be good to go. That'll be so cool because I find myself looking for specific
0: parts of episodes that I want to link to. If there were chapters, it would be much easier to find them. And especially linking them to the transcripts see if i know which chapter is where it would be much easier for me to find the portion of the mp3 file where i want to link to that's really cool and if you add player support now we're just blowing my mind (laughs) (laughs) not not all by 70 but these are all things we want to do that's okay that's why again another reason why you won't do those improvements regularly and just release them bit by bit small steps exactly Exactly. For us, small steps means two and a half months, but it still shows that <laughs> right. with life happening, sometimes, you know, just other things become more important than you just handle them. But we are very conscious about what is happening, right? Because it's always in our minds. We always check the previous episodes, what we said we will do versus what we did and what we still want to do. So speaking of that, one thing which I still want to do is to figure out clustering. So I don't know whether we end up pairing for an hour, what it looks like, but I'm very keen by the next Kaizen, to have a cluster of changelog apps running, because I really want to have one running in London, mm. multi regions, one running in uh, Virginia. That's the one in Omaha. <laughs> I don't think they have one, <laughs> but that would be nice. That would be nice. So, oh, the reason Ohio is probably the
2: closest thing to yeah, me. Yeah, Ohio.
0: So, I, again, I don't know whether they still have that region.
2: Looks like they have Chicago, Illinois, ORD is a fly region. That one's very close to me. Okay. So one there, one in Singapore, one in Sydney, one in Toronto, where else? I mean, ones were clustered, right? One in uh, India, we're huge in Germany. Probably would put one there.
0: I think we should put one on every continent, to be honest. And we can use Honeycomb to see which data centers get the most traffic, which fly data centers have the most traffic. And then based on that, we can put one in, in, in each region. And this is like a small step towards maybe
2: one day using SQLite. I mean, that's a crazy idea. Yeah, because now we have, we just embed our database in each region. All right there with the app and let Lightstream do its deal or whatever they're cooking up next over
0: there. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, for now, we can just basically have dynamic requests responding much quicker. One thing which I've noticed today is you, you remember those vanity domains and mm-hmm. the redirects which we have, like ship it show, for example. So that one used to take more than 200 milliseconds for me when the request had to travel from the UK, from London, hmm. all the way to Virginia and back. But now they only take 23 milliseconds. And the reason why they take so little is because there's a the fly proxy and fly proxy is distributed. Hmm. So I don't know exactly what magic that is because I know that the speed of light. Would take more than twenty-three milliseconds if it had to go to Virginia today, because that's mm-hmm. the only place where we currently have our ChangeLock app instance running. So it's not hitting the app; it's hitting the proxy. And because the proxy, it's the proxy just caching, maybe must do, because otherwise I can't explain how else
2: would it know the answer. How
0: else exactly that fast? Because it must hit the app, and I can see the I can see the uh, fly IO IP address. And now I didn't I didn't run an MTR to see where it is. 60 milliseconds, somewhere in London, ntt.net. And then it's hitting the internal network and then all I'm getting this IP. So that's that's the firewall basically. So it's my IP, cw.net. I'm not sure who runs that. LNS, LTW, but it's all london 12ukbbgginnttnet So that is the entry point to the data center wherever this is running. And there's three more hops, which is through the actual data center and eventually it hits the, proxy IP address, and it's 6651 Maybe that's one for Kurt. But anyways, it was really cool to see those redirects working so quickly, because if you remember, we were saying at some point, why don't we set up those redirects on the CDN so they respond right. quicker? Right. You don't have to do that anymore. Isn't it amazing an improvement that you don't make, and then those you just the happens? just happened? <laughs> that's the best one.
2: Procrastinating for the win, you know, just sit around and let somebody else figure it out by happenstance. What else should we not do? <laughs> what else should we strategically not do so that other people get it done for us? Maybe that know, 404 I think, thing? I think we need to ask to Kurt. Out. Hey Kurt, what's your roadmap?
0: <laughs> Tell us what's coming. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but totally. seriously, like,
0: like the whole like live stream thing, the way Ben talks about it, again, I'm just teasing what's coming in actually, no, what came. Sorry, episode 59. So you're that's teasing me, but you're not so,
2: teasing our listener yeah, who
0: already Exactly. Listened. So you already know, yeah, what, what, what we talked about. He's talking about how there will be a special directory. In your Fly deployment, in your Fly app. And if you use that directory, it will automatically be synchronized. If you have SQLite there, it will automatically be synchronized with the other instances. Mm. So at least that's the the thinking. How it will work in practice, we'll see. But if you put your SQLite in the directory, it will automatically be synchronized with your other apps or the other app instances running on Fly. Now that's
2: really cool. With zero work to do that.
0: There you go. No stream integration. You don't have to run the process. You don't have to configure it. It's just like just put happening. it here,
2: and we're going to replicate it around the world to everywhere else your app exists. Exactly. Sign me up. Except we have a few Postgres specific features that we're using, but we would address those things as as, as yeah. time allows. <laughs> but very cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I can see 2023 starting as an experiment, and we see you know how far it goes. But this is a this is an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And then does it doesn't matter that your database is not managed. Do you even need it to be managed? It's
2: kind of managed. There you go. It's your application. It kind of just exists everywhere all at once. I mean, talk about backups. Now that's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. You still want snapshots, though, because you could screw something up and want to go back. Right. Feature request. <laughs> <laughs> Get <a> them <bit> in early. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's all it is. It's a feature request. Love it. Yeah.
0: And we won't be the only ones, I'm sure of it. Anyways.
2: Oh, no. So just the first thing you think of.
0: So clustering, I think that's going to be a big deal. We'll see how far we can we can push PostgreSQL. I know that Adam was mentioning about uh, Crunchy data using uh, their managed PostgreSQL. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. I'd like to try it out. But again, let's see where it fits with everything else. SQLite, we very excited about that, especially with Lightstream. It wasn't even an option until Ben joined Fly. See, that's how things happen. We migrated to Fly, Ben joined flight, and then amazing things are being discussed. Correct. And we'll see how far it gets, but I'm excited. The other thing which is on my mind, and this is episode 58, I blame Rosemary and Rob. No, I blame, who recommended? <laughs> no, someone else that recommended that episode, and I, I forgot. Let me check it out. Shipit.show58. So easy. Seriously. I love it. Just that, like, it's just saving me from typing more. It is, it's nice. Let's see, do we have, ah, we don't have the transcript. We don't have the transcript. Yeah, it just came out. Thomas Eckert. Thank you, Thomas Eckert. Oh yeah, Thomas. For the intro. Yeah, Thomas did the intro. So thank you, Thomas, for the intro. And we had some amazing comments. This is actually the episode which had the most comments in the Ship It Slack channel.
2: Mm, That's because everybody has opinions on how to do secrets.
0: Exactly. So we have to take a popular subject. right. Share an unpopular or unconventional approach. <laughs>
2: Let the comments come in. That's how we do it. <laughs> i mean, it coming. wrong all along. Yeah, magic.
0: So Michael, he actually he's a, a Michael Vlasman. He's a guest for, for episode 56. We had him on DevOps Teams with Share Responsibilities. He mentioned that using he's using still Secrets, but a lot of the statements that we make in that episode, in episode 58, he agrees with them. You can see it in Slack. James Har, he was asking how we do the LastPass integration with Kate's with Kubernetes. So uh-huh. I referenced the link; it's there. But the one which was really interesting is Owen Valentine. Thank you very much for sharing the link, which shows HashiCorp Vault. So HashiCorp Vault plugin that integrates with One Password. Uh-huh. That was interesting. So One Password is not too dissimilar from LastPass. By the way, Omri Gabai he had an amazing input people store application secrets in LastPass. yes we yes, do. They do for years for and it works year. kind of <laughs> but is like a, like a few small small issues yeah so if you were to migrate to one password i mean we would we would still need to have a password store for vault so where will they be persisted and we can use like various integrations but one password is one of them one password, do you
2: use one password Jared? Adam does, I do not. He's trying to get me on one password team or whatever their pro yeah. or business or I don't know what their plan is called. Mm. And I'm open to it, but I was always like, I'm all, I'm spread across so many at this point. Why do I wanna add yet another? But if we're gonna consolidate, I'm open to that. Well, one thing which I haven't shared
0: that I've been experimenting with one password
2: yeah. for
0: about three to four months now so I switched from LastPass to OnePassword. I still have LastPass around, but I'm using it less and less. Mm. And I know that 1Password works really well. So maybe we can take this opportunity to consolidate on 1Password, move everything across, and with HashiCorp Vault, do that integration. So we can have the best of all worlds. We can have the LastPass CLI locally. We can have the browser extension. We can have the HashiCorp Vault integration for the application. That would be really cool.
2: Did you say LastPass CLI, or did you mean 1Password CLI?
0: I meant 1Password CLI.
2: Okay, because you, you confused me there. Okay, so they have a CLI just like LastPass does. They do. So you can have the best of all worlds. Exactly. 1Password CLI, HashiCorp Vault.
0: Yep, the, with integration to LastPass, with one, sorry, with integration to, one, I have to stop doing that, HashiCorp Vault with integration to 1Password Connect.
2: Yes. And then we can share passwords amongst ourselves. You can also have yep. your personal 1Password stuff. It's like one big happy. It sounds good. Secure family. It sounds too good. We
0: need to try it out. Okay, I'm open to that. I think that's cool. I'm very excited about that. And like, not to mention, I already use it. So, the more difficult question is, which plan do we add people on? And I think realistically, we'll join multiple plans, right? So, I think yeah. if uh, Adam has his, we may join that. Especially if ChangeLog has one, and then we can store those secrets there.
2: Yeah, we would have a ChangeLog plan of some kind. And if you can be multiples, then. Yes. This is
0: an action item for Adam. This is a retro. This is an action item item for Adam. Adam, you're listening, right? Right. Add myself and Jared to that plan so we can start using it. That'd be really cool. All right. Anything else? Well, was there enough laughter? What do you think? <laughs>
2: Should we work in a little bit more laughter before we go? I, maybe. i got a few laughs.
0: I don't know. It depends. <laughs> it's going to be funny enough. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, it's tough to just uh, demand more laughter right here at the end. But uh, if you have any dad jokes or dirty jokes, <laughs> it sounds like they're more your style. <laughs> Maybe okay, you could squeeze okay. one in here.
0: Noah told me a good joke and he said, is, it, is that a dad joke? And I said, yes, it's a dad joke, but I forgot the joke. So hang on, <laughs> I have to ask Noah. Okay. To ask him, hey Noah, what was the joke? <laughs> I forgot that. I mean, this is actually a question for you, for the listener. Do you think there were enough jokes? How do you yes. improve the kaizen?
2: How many jokes per Kaizen are you expecting? Like, what yeah. would be your threshold for happiness? And then pure joy.
0: And the ratio to technical content. Like, was there right. enough technical content? And how much do you miss Adam? Because if you don't miss him, <laughs> I think this is the new <laughs> format. It's a little much Sorry, more efficient. <laughs> yeah. So yes, has, let that's us how know. you end up with Boaty McBoatface. He asks the people what they want.
2: <laughs> Boaty McBoatface. Oh, nice. That's right. So, cool.
0: All right, people, yeah. let us know. Any last important takeaways other than happy 4th of July? Ship it dot show. Ship it dot show. That's a great one. I love that. Let's end on that. All Ship right. it dot show. Never show. Never. Okay. <laughs> How dare <laughs> no. you even free that up again? <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. Uh, it's funny,
0: right? We wanted more jokes. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So here's the crazy idea. If someone registered, registers show. <laughs> And they just redirect to this. I hope that doesn't happen. Why are you giving them <laughs> ideas?
2: <laughs> you would just You're like teaching jokes. people how to troll us. <laughs> this is not the way it's supposed to work. All right. <laughs> all I right. think
0: it's a great place to stop on that bombshell. As someone famous that I very much like and admire, it's time to end. See two and a half months, everyone. Have a great one. Keep kaizening. See you all. Kaizen. See ya. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Ship It. Check out our other podcasts for developers changelog.com slash master. You can connect with like developers via changelog.com slash community. Thank you, Fastly, for the worldwide low-latency changelog.com. Our listeners love those blazing fast MP3s. Your beats are awesome, Breakmaster Cylinder. That's it for this week. See you all next week. Speaking of next week, we are talking with John Buddha and Jason Pearl about the ops and infrastructure behind Transistor.fm, a platform for publishing podcasts. The TLDR is that simple is best. Tune in next week for more.